0: Okay, let's turn some Torah. So today's daf is Daf Lamed Omre Aleph and Omre Beis. All right, that's today's daf. We are up to the two dots, about ten lines down, on the Amud. In order to understand the first words of Amarav and the following questions of the Gemara, we must remind ourselves of the following machlaikas. Okay, on Chav Tes Amud Beis on the previous Amud, so you'll see a two dots, um, a little less than halfway down on the page on Chav Tes Amud Beis, where the Gemara mentioned a machlekas between Rav and Shmuel. And it's important we remind ourselves of each one's opinion in order to understand today's Amud Alas. So if you look at the two dots on Chav Tes Amud Beis, the Gemara starts out with the Rav giving us the opinion that when you have a mixture of chametz and kosher le pesach whether the mixture is the same species the same men or a different min, any mixture on pesach says rav is usher makes sense right not only is chametz usher on pesach but even chametz mixed with kosher le pesach is usher on pesach too What about after Pesach? What's halacha after Pesach? So Rav says, then it depends. After Pesach, if it's the same kind, the same species, it remains aser, it remains chametz shavul of a Pesach, and it's forbidden. But if it's a mixture of shalai b'minai, we are going to be Makal and it is allowed. Azai is the opinion of Rav. Shmuel argues, Shmuel is of the opinion. If you look a little further down on the ombud, about uh, ten lines after the two dots, Shmuel is of the opinion. The Gemara says Lamar. Shmuel says chametz on even on Pesach. If you have a mixture of chametz and if it's the same species, Asr. If it's not the same species, even on Pesach, a mixture of kasha item. And a Chometzdik item, if it's a different species, and it's too little to give off any Chometzdik of flavor, it's allowed. On Pesach itself. And after Pesach, everything's allowed, says Shmuel. So again, according to Rav, on Pesach, any mixture is not allowed. After Pesach, B'minai is not allowed. She'enah beminay is allowed. Shmuel says even on Pesach, She'enah B'minai is allowed. And after Pesach, everything is allowed. That was the machlekas Rav and Shmuel. With that reminder, we now start today's Daf, Daflamad and let's see if Rav and Shmuel, who we're about to quote, can stay consistent with their Pesach. So here we go. Omar Rav. Rav says, Yeshabru. If you have an earthenware pot, a pot made from earth, pottery, literal pottery. The halacha is yeshabru. You need to break any pots that you owned on Pesach. You're not allowed to use those earthenware pots after Pesach. Even after Pesach, you can't use it. Now, we know that you're allowed to kosher metal. Metal, what do you do? You do hagola, right? Sometimes you boil it in water. Sometimes you get out with fire. Earthenware doesn't work like that. You can't kosher. Says Rav, because there is flavor in the walls of the earthenware pot. Chametz of flavor in the earthenware pot on Pesach. Even the flavor is considered chametz avara Pesach and I can't use that pot after Pesach anymore because even if I if I if I uh, cook up my uh, porridge, my kasha, my farina, yeah, my noodles, inside of the pot after Pesach. It's going to take in chametz, of pesach, of flavor. The only thing you can do with this pot, pot of pottery, is break it. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. Because what was Rob's opinion from yesterday? Says the Gemara of Amai. Why does Rob say you need to break it after Pesach? Rob allowed after Pesach me to m- make a mixture of Einoiminai. I can cook, if I have a mixture of Chamish Pesach with something that's She'inoimini and it's too little to give all flavor, it was allowed. Ask the Gemara, Ba'mai, why do I need to break my earthenware pot? Lashinu achara Pesach, use it after Pesach, and only cook in your in the pottery something that is a different species than the flavor that was in there, and the Chamish Avlav Pesach will be bottle. Why are you making me break it? Answers the Gemara, because you may come to cook. Minai. You may come to cook forbidden items. it's a decree. Doma asu lamevad behu b'mina. A person might come after Pesach to use their Chomet Shavla V'Pesach dikapat. And you might cook the same type of thing in the pot. And now I gained from chametz Shavla Pesach Oyvey. Says Rav, you gotta break it, you're not allowed to use it after Pesach. Okay, that's consistent with Rav's reasoning now because Rav had said on Pesach everything's usher after Pesach, bimino is a problem, shlo bimino is not a problem. Okay, let's get into Shmuel's opinion. What's Shmuel gonna say about pottery? Shmuel's gonna say, You don't need to break pottery because again, what was Shmuel's opinion yesterday? After Pesach, any mixture is allowed. So even if the flavor is Chumet Shavla V'Pesach, so what? Lo shabri. you don't break it, says Shmuel. All you got to do is wait till after Pesach. And you could cook in it whatever you want. There's no problem. And Shmuel gave a Pesach consistent to his own reasoning. We're now going to get into a story. Fascinating story. The Omar Shmuel, Anu Demizavi Gandhi. Here's what happened. Most people, not most people, a lot of people, you know, we keep separate dishes for Chametz and Pesach. Do you have to? Not on everything. Lemaisa, you're able to kosher a lot of things, but the Minnag is to keep a separate set. Separate pots, separate Kalem, even though you could do agula on your pots, right? So what would happen was, especially in those days, after Pesach every year, it was very common for people to use pottery. They used earthenware pots. So after Pesach every year, people would just go and buy new Kalem. They'd go buy new vessels. That was like shopping time. That was Black Friday. You know, That's when people went shopping for their pots. So they would, I think it's called price gouging right it's the season to buy pots so the sellers would raise the price they know it's the season they know people are going to come shopping so shmuel would say to them keep your prices fair the Eloi. and if not if you start raising your prices on people i'm going to tell everybody That there's no reason whatsoever to buy new pots in the first place. Because I'm right. Because I poskin that after Pesach, really, you don't need to worry about any absorbed flavor. You don't need to worry about blias. And there's really no reason in halacha for people to do this, except we're machmir. We're strict. And if you start messing with the prices, I'm going to tell people to stop shopping. And to just use their same kalim. Says the Gemara, what's with the threat? Why Shmuel should just tell everybody don't buy new kalim, right? If you don't keep your prices on, I'm not to buy. It. Why don't you tell everybody your p'sak that it's allowed, and they don't they, <laughs> and they, talk they shouldn't buy, right? If if it's allowed, it's allowed. Says the Gemara, really. <laughs> Why doesn't Shmuel just tell them his p'sak that you don't need to buy new pots in the first place? Tell everybody. Answers the Gemara, Asre the Rav We know that Rav and Shmuel lived in Bubba. And this story was taking place in the town where Rav was the Meir da Asra. And therefore, Shmuel did not publicize his psak because Rav Taka held that people should buy new kalim, but he used his psaq as a threat. But really, he wouldn't have publicized his psaq because since Rav was the Meir da Asra in the city where this happened, so the halacha really would have been that uh, they, should not, uh, they should not use the same pots, and they taka should buy new ones, and this was all a threat from Shmuel. But what you do see from Shmuel is that after Pesach, he allows the same pots to taka be used. Period. End of that shtickle gemara. Okay. Now, the gemara is going to continue. It's going to tell us a story. But the gemara is now getting into, once we're talking about Blias, Forbidden flavors that go into a pot, and earthenware pot. Very often, the ovens were also made out of pottery. The Gemara is now going to get into general Hilchas kashris. When I have something that is that uh, has on the outside of it, on the coating of it, something that's not uh, that's not allowed to be eaten, how do I get rid of that so that now I can still make use of the pot or the oven? So let's go. Says the Gemara's story: Hahutanura. There was an oven, the Tahu Be'i Tachaya, that the baker, we'll call it, of this oven, um, wiped kosher, fleishig of fats on the walls of the oven. So the oven, the earthenware oven, is now coated in fleishigs in in, in fleishig fats. There are certain fats you're not allowed to eat of an animal, certain fats you are allowed to eat. This was permitted chelah. This is permitted fats. And they would wipe it. This is very common, by the way. This is a, a different zakh. This is very common nowadays just to get into uh, practicality in flow ingredients. When it comes to the laws of hechsheirim, uh, of and you want to buy something in a store, if you want to, let's say, buy uh, frozen vegetables, and it doesn't say anything else on the ingredient besides for the vegetables, are you allowed to buy it? So you have to find out each time. You have to call a, a competent kosher's agency, and see what they say about it. I The only thing that it says on it is green beans. The only thing it says on it is frozen peppers. What could be the problem? The answer is there are certain things that they put into the process called flow ingredients that they don't need to write on the label. For example, if something is deep frozen, it gets stuck. Something, something that's very deep frozen, items will stick to it. If you put your tongue on a freezing, freezing cold window, right? Your tongue gets stuck, right? Your tongue gets stuck. to to the window it has to defrost when they deep freeze vegetables in order to put them in a bag how do they keep it from sticking to the machinery very often they use cheap fats sometimes it's vegetable oil sometimes uh, apparently it's not uncommon for them to use shark fat fats from non-kosher entities that anyways have no use they wipe it all over the machinery to keep it smooth and to keep the vegetables from sticking to it and they don't need to write this on the label because it's not considered an uh, ingredient. It's called a flow ingredient. So when you buy this in the store, all it says is green beans. But it may very well be a factory that these green beans have touched shark fat. It may be something that's, that's mamish treif on, on the green beans. So you got to be careful every time. You need to find out, okay? So here, because people, it's not uncommon people to wipe fats and oils to keep things, uh, to keep things in motion. So that's with freezing over here we're dealing with ovens, so they would wipe fleshiga fat on the oven. So, Asra Rabba Bariloi leMichle l'Arifta, Rabba Lai said, "You're not allowed to eat the bread Afilu b'Milcha, even if you eat the bread with salt." Dilma fascinating halacha, and we're about to get teach halacha l'maysa. The hapsak is. It is is usher to make fleshyg of bread. Usher. You're not allowed to make it. Why? Because since most bread is parav, and you start making fleshyg breads, somebody else is going to walk into the kitchen, take the bread, and and wipe some cream cheese on it and start eating. Who in the world would think that this bread had fleshygs on it? You're not allowed to make fleshyg bread. And if you make fleshyg bread, you're not allowed to eat it. Gezerah. It's a decree. And we're going to see the same thing applies to milchiks. Okay? Now, halacha just to give a little preface to this. Practically, there's a whole discussion whether this is only in large quantities or even small quantities. It seems the psak is that in smaller quantities, if I'm just making it for one meal, I want to make a dairy roll to eat one meal with my uh, onion soup. So there's And it's all going to be eaten in that meal. So it seems that there's less of an issue. It may very well be allowed to make dairy bread as long as it's all going to be eaten within that meal. There's no concern that later on somebody might use it and eat it with flashings. okay? But let's get into this halacha. Right now we've learned that you're not allowed to make flashing bread. May asked the challenging question. You're not allowed to knead dough with milk. You're not allowed to make milkic dough. And if you add milk to your dough, the entire thing is also because you have to assume it's going to lead to an avera. People may very well take this milchig dough, turn it into challah, and eat a pastrami sandwich with it. <laughs> and similarly, we turn to Ahmed Ba'alya. <laughs> you're also not allowed to wipe uh, fleshig, uh, grease, fats, on a oven. <laughs> said, if you do that. You're not allowed to eat the bread until the oven gets burnt out and it's completely gone. And uh, the fleshig is completely gone from the oven. Now, it seems to imply that let's say you do burn out the oven from the fats. Miyashari. It seems it's allowed. Now, this is an upsurge of Ravi Barilai because Ravi Barilai just told us if you make Fleshig bread, you can't eat it forever and the oven needs to be broken. You see over here, yeah, granted, everybody's in agreement. You're not allowed to make Fleshig dough. You're not allowed to make Milchig dough, but it seems from the Brisa that even though the dough's not allowed, there's a way to kasher your oven now. And that is, burn out the fleshic fats, and you can keep using the oven. You don't need to break it down. Amar Ravina Ravashi. So Ravina says to Ravashi, okay, the now that we proved Ravabar bar wrong, and we see that Utaka don't need to break apart an oven when, it's, when there's fleshic fats wiped on it, but rather all you need to do is burn out the fats, and now I can use the oven again. So now let's go back to the original psaac. Let's go back to the beginning of today's Limud. The two dots on Amar Aleph. Amai Ka'omar Rav. Why did Rav tell us that earthenware pottery pots, Kederes Bepezach Yishabru, why did Rav say you got to break it? Burn it out. What's the worst thing that happened? You have Chamedz Dika, Blis, Chamedz particles inside of the pottery and now I can't use it after Pesach because I'm gonna have chametz over of a Pesach flavor mix in with my uh, with my new food, and now it's messing everything up. So you got to break it? No, don't break it. Why don't you just burn out the inside of what the, the pottery? Take a blowtorch, go around the inside of it. All the all the bleus that were there on Pesach, all of the flavors and particles that were there over Pesach, will now be burnt out, and use your pot. Why did Rav say you got to go break it? The same way I could burn out the oven from the of grease and now use it. Let me burn out my pot from the Chamach of Lava Pesach and let me use it. I go to Kasha. Answers the Gemara of Ravashi said back to Ravina. I'll tell you the difference. Tanur the oven that we're permitting you to burn out, maybe it's not talking about the other world. Maybe it's talking about metal. Metal, you can kosher. A kadeir shalcheres, though. Pottery, you can't kosher. Maybe that's one difference between the two cases. Viba Another difference I can tell you between the oven and the pot is haba haba Maybe we're dealing with both made out of pottery. And one's talking about when the burning was done on the inside. That's where it's allowed. When you took the blowtorch to the inside of the oven, he got rid of it. And where do we say by the pot, you can't? That's talking about when you're only going to use the blowtorch on the outside. Okay? If you do it on the outside, obviously it's not completely removing the flavor. And if you're going to say, so still, Rav, why uh, why'd you say break it? Go do burning on the inside. You can't burn it on the inside. Why? Because it will call it to break it, it'll cause it to break. this is a huge side by the way in koshering things. There are certain vessels, certain vessels that even if they 're made out of metal you 're not allowed to kosher There's a fascinating discussion with uh, things that are coated in teflon once uh, if you could if you could kosher them or if you could make them pyre, if you could change flasher, uh, uh change it to milk to flagics the, flasher, the the, 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 it seems that the mahalach amongst B'nai Taira is to ideally try not to kosher Teflon. Why? What does Teflon do? What's the change? Because Teflon gets ruined in incredibly high heat. And therefore, there's a concern that a, you may not kosher properly because it'll ruin your pot. Whenever there's a concern... That if I kosher it, the item will get ruined. The ch- chazal don't allow us to kosher it. Because the, the whole time I'm koshering it, I'm gonna make sure I don't do a good enough job. Because if I do a good enough job, then my whole pot's gonna be ruined. So that's another that's another So So that's another answer. In that do the koshering on the inside, you can't, because if you kosher it too well on the inside, since there's a concern that it might break, people won't kosher it well. And therefore, you can't kosher it in the first place. And therefore, says the G'more, therefore, hai bukhya. a Haibuchya is kind of a, uh, uh, um, it's a, it's pottery, and it's made as a mold. Okay, Rashi explains it's round, it's, like, it's kind of like a, a round mold, that they would either cook things in it, or they would use it to shape things. So, mi b'chutz huva-assar, v'imaliya Gumra shapadami, Um, that if you kosher it on the outside of the circle, the outside of of, uh, the circle, so that's not going to be good enough because you got to get the inside, and since you're not getting the inside, so you you didn't uh, burn out all of the particles that were absorbed. But if you do it on the inside, the taco would be okay. If you fill up the whole thing with coals, so now you know the entire thing, you did a good job, even though it's made out of pottery, it would still be mutter to kosher it in that fashion. Period. End of the discussion of hilchis uh, pots and oven for now. Another category of halachas. What about cutlery? Particularly, we're going to be talking about knives. How do you kosher knives? See, here we go. Now, very often, a knife is going to have two parts. The blade and the handle. And a blade, uh, a metal blade, can be koshered with hagalah. Okay? With, uh, there's two ways to kosher something, and this is what the SIG is going to get into. Um, and that is, uh, there's more than two ways, really, but the two primary ways, there's also hadachah when something's cold to wash it out. The two primary ways to kosher something or to remove um, particles is. It's called k'baylai kach The same way the item was swallowed in, that's how you get it out. So for example, pots are usually used with water. Right? So if I cook something non-kosher inside of a pot, the way to kosher this pot is with water. Because since you could assume that whatever went in there, let's say I have a flashing pot. How did it become flashing It's kosher, it's fleshing. How did I become flashing I cooked the chicken soup in there. Okay? It's so a chicken soup pot. The fleshig went in there through a liquid medium. Therefore, keboilei, the same way the pot swallowed in the fleshigs through a liquid medium, kach poto, That's the that's how I need to get it out. So what do I do? I take a liquid, water, boil it up. Now I can say that the particles went back out into the water. I, you're going to say once in the water, why doesn't it go back in, right? That's another rule that, called ID, that when a, when a pot is busy expelling its particles, it, it doesn't take it back in. And therefore, you boil up water, you bring it to a rolling boil, you, you make sure it touches everywhere, then you pour the water out. And there's no concern that the uh, flesh should get everyone back into the pots, okay? How, so that's how you kosher a pot. It goes in through a liquid medium, you get it out through a liquid medium. What about a barbecue grill? You cannot take the grate of a barbecue grill and stick it into a rolling boil of water. Why? Because since a grill, the meat went in through flames, through fire, what's called libun. You can't get it out through a water medium because it didn't take in the fleshig through a water medium. How did it take in the fleshig? Through a direct source of heat. So the only way to get out and to parve that grill is going to be through a direct source of heat, through a flame, a blowtorch, uh, a high flame, something that gets it back to the same level. Okay? The, what's the rule in koshering? Kibolo, whichever medium it took in the flavor, kachpeltai. that applies to something that's fleshigs, so you now want to make a of something that's mochigs, so you want to make a fleshigs, uh, treif, you want to make it kosher, so on and so forth. That is the, that is the uh, general rule. Now, sometimes we're going to run into situations and this is going to lead us to our Gemara. What if I have part of an item uses one and part of it uses the other? Okay? Part of it became fleshings through a direct source of heat. Some of it through steam. Steam is considered a liquid. So this is going to be an interesting thing that will... Uh, it's not going to be the focus of this Gemara, but that's going to be something else that's brought up in this discussion. Here we go. Some Gishmak and Gemaras. Hilchus Kashras over here. Omarlay Ravina Larvashi Ravina says to Ravashi, Hani Sakini Bibiswa Heiki Abdinalai, what do you do with a knife? What do you do with a knife? Omar Lay. Lididi Haz uhdinu. I get new ones. How do you make a knife kashul a I get new ones. Omar Lay. He said to him, Alright, you're a rich guy. You could afford it. That was my question. You could afford it. Go buy a new set of dishes. I can't afford it. Tell me the halacha. How do I kosher my knives for Pesach? I didn't say, he says to him, I didn't say I get new ones. What I meant is, I make my knives as if they're new. Meaning, I Wrap them in a hot pottery binura, and I put them into a fire. I use the the process of libun the, and then I take off the part that I was holding in my hand right because I couldn't get it. I have to hold part of it, so I take that part off and I do that part in riceishan that part I do in boiling water, because the part that I need as my handle of my knife, I don't need to use the fire on, because the same way I need to do this now with a handle, I always use it with a handle. And therefore, the part where the hand goes, direct flames never touch that, and the mainland, therefore the, whichever, part could have, uh, whichever part needs it goes into Liban, direct source of heat. And the handle area, you could use Hagolah. The halacha is really idv de berayshin u reshine. kli really is that an entire knife could be kashered in a rolling boil of water. You don't need a direct source of heat. And in a kli rishain, the there's a machlokes as to what kli means. The, I, I would just keep it simple, okay? And just explain a kli reshine means a vessel that is directly on a flame. So what he's saying is. You burn it in boiling water that is directly on a flame. The The pot has to be on the flame while you are kashering the knives. Omar Ravuna of Rav Ravuna, the son of Rav Yeshua, says, Eitz par, if you have a wooden uh, spoon, Magiloi you can kasher it with boiling water, and it's got to be on the flame. Because the old Kibola kachpota, whoever goes in, that's how it gets out. the from Hani Mali the Kunya Mahu Fascinating question. Fascinating question. This is very common for us. We have China. We have things that are made out of pottery, but they're coated in glass. Right? They're coated in glass. Now China, or I should say China, pottery really is very hard to kosher. You can't. You can't really kosher uh, pottery glass and metal, you can. How? With boiling water. What happens if I have pottery glazed in glass? Do I look at just the glass, just the outer surface? And if I look at the outer surface, I could kosher this. Boiling water. No problem. Or do I say that the flavor goes beneath the glass into the pottery and now that the pottery's, now that it went deeper than the deeper than the outer shell, we'll call it. I'm going to have a problem of it coming back up into any food that I put on the plate. So that's the shayla. What's the halach? Yeruka loisibaylach. Says the Gemara, and let me explain. I don't want to know about yeruka. Now Rashi says is a is a type of pottery with the shell, that's very porous. It's very porous, so you have to assume that the flavor went deeper. So yeruca si asiri. There, I certainly have a problem. It's going to be usser, because you have to assume the flavor went in, and therefore I have a concern. It's going to come back out onto anything that I eat on this plate. Kisi boyalach. Where is there a shaila? Uchme mai by things that aren't so porous, right? Bukhmi v'chamiri, that um, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're not particularly, uh, we don't know for sure that it's soaked in the flavor. Ve disbuk artufi, and I also know that if there would be cracks in the outer shell, yasiri you have to assume the flavor went through the cracks, right? All the way into the pottery, and now I got a problem. That, that I also know is not a question. Kisi Boilach, where's my question? Dishi My question is, if it's taka good, you know, it's a good coating. We're good to go. So what's the halacha? Okay, so he's saying, I have a shayla. What's a shayla? What is the halacha when you have earthenware that's coated with either metal or glass, slight coating, it's smooth, there's no cracks in it, and we're not dealing with particularly porous uh, uh, items. What's the halacha? Am I allowed to do hagala and say that it's kosher? Omar Leh. I've seen wetness on the outside. And when I see wetness on the outside of these coated plates, pots, whatever it is, you see that It's porous. Things go in, things come out. And the Torah told us straight out about pottery. That once earthenware, once pottery takes in a flavor, you can't kosher it. It doesn't come back out. And therefore, since you have to assume the glaze, the coating, the shell was not strong enough, so now I have a problem, because you have to assume the flavor is going to come in and out. L'inin Yayin Nesach, says the Gemara, one. Well it says the Gemara, one second. But, if we, the Torah tells us straight out when it comes to pottery, that there's no way to kosher it, and you see that there's wetness that's going in and out, so you have to assume there's an issue. why is there a different halacha than Yayin Nesach, okay, the wine, that's handled by a non-Jew. Now, what's the halacha by Yayin Nesech? The dorish Marimar Marimar gave a drush and he said, money de kunya, that if you have a coated, uh, if you had coated uh, pottery, bain uchma, ben chavire, bain yeruke, whether it's very porous or not, shori, it's allowed. So you have Yayin Nesech that goes onto these vessels, you're still allowed to use the vessels. And if you're going to say, the whole thing of Yahya Nesech is because Yahya Nesach we're not dealing directly with wine that was used for Dazara, that's Asami Wine that, that was used for the Zarah that's But regular Yahya Nesach we have nowadays is a rabbinic assumption. If a guy handled it, there's a chance, right? Along with the chance of assimilation. So it's a Din And if you're going to say that the reason why we're lenient on Yayin to, Nesach to touch the, the glazed and, and coated uh, pottery is because it's a the Rabboni, and so I can be lenient, and Chometz is uh, Daraisa, and Chometz is Daraisa, no, the Rabbonah give a starka takana. they're going to establish it like a Daraisa thing, and therefore if I'm allowed to use the INS, it must be that there's even biblically a, 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 an opportunity to be able to say that, I, that uh, the, the outer shell can be kashered. A he says, no, I'll tell you, and a pot, and a plate. You know the difference. You people don't drink hot wine. It's cold. Things that are cold don't get absorbed. And mela, you could say, it stayed on the outer glass. And that's why all you need to do is, is uh, kosher the glass, wipe down the glass, and you're good to go. Same reason why you let a drink from a glass in a hotel. Only, uh, only cold was done in there. How do you kasher uh, uh, cold with Hadachah? You just go ahead and you wash it off. Make sure there's no flavor left and you're fine. But when it comes to hot, now I have a problem. And that's why the pot and the plate, which are generally used with hot items, we need to be more machmir about, as opposed to the I.N.S. It's only used with cold. That's why we could be lenient. Amar bar Amar Amar Shmuel. bar says, any vessels that chametz was only used while it was cold? You're allowed to use it on Pesach. If I know I had a vessel that was used on January, February, before Pesach, and I only used cold, so nothing ever went into the plate. I can use that on Pesach. Except for something that holds uh, leaven. Hayo shechimutz since things that have fermented give it it's sharper there's more of a concern okay by the way this is a general uh idea when something is sharp it's kind of like takes the place of uh, it's as if it's hot and its flavor goes in even though there's no real heat here even something that holds sharp spices has the same halacha, and you're not allowed to use it on Pesach. Amarava, um, agani, de Mechuzah, these uh, mixing bowls of Mechuzah, Hoyel Utsri'u the melash Buhu Chamira, since they put sourdough in them, and it has a sharp flavor, Umashu buchamira, and it sits there for a while, kebesa Sa'ar Shechimut and you're not allowed to use it on Pesach, says the Gemara Peshita. Of course, I mean, uh, if you're not allowed to use... The holder, and you're not allowed to use something that holds sharp spices. Why is he telling me this whole big mixer? You can't do. Of course, you can't do it. Says Gamar no, mahu the tema. I would have thought to say that maybe kivon Ravicha, since they're very big, since they have a lot of space, sholip Bali. I would say that there's enough air to go around in the bowl that maybe it's never like took in the full flavor. Never got. It wasn't like stuck in there. So never like the pot never had to take in the full flavor of the leaven, and therefore the chiddish here is that, no, it doesn't make a difference how much space. If it's a type of utensil that holds items that have sharpness to them, sour or sharp, the halacha is you um, are not allowed to use it on Pesach even though it was only used for cold, period. End of that halacha. Okay, Givaldi. Let's start the Mishnah. Let's read the Mishnah and we'll stop by the Gemara on the bottom of today's DAF. But let's at least get going to introduce ourselves as to what tomorrow's DAF is going to be. Gevalde. Zok Zokhta Mishnah. Nochri Shehovaz Yisrael al Chameitzoi. If a Nochri, if a non Jew, lent money to a Yid and the Yid guarantees the loan with his Chametz. Hear the Shiloh. Hear the Shiloh. I'm not allowed to own Chametz on Pesach. I tell the guy, I'll borrow money from you. In case I don't pay you back, you can take my 10 boxes of Cheerios. What's the halacha? That's all I did. So it's like on collateral to the guy. I didn't sell it to the guy. It's on collateral to the guy. After Pesach, it is You're still allowed to benefit from it. Because throughout... I didn't sell it. I owned it on Pesach. Or did I not own it? Because it's used as a collateral. The Gemara is going to have to explain. Where's the chametz? What happened? Did the guy make a Kenyan on it? Otherwise, if it's just sitting in my house and I'm using this as a guarantee to a guy but it's still mine, come on. This is al Lebesach, right? Beautiful. It's so fast it's going to be a discussion. But the Mishnah says, Aloha number one, a guy lends money to a Yid. And I tell the guy, listen, after my. my uh, you're lending me $20. I'll give you 10 boxes of Cheerios as a guarantee. After Pesach, I could use those Cheerios. The Let's say a Yid lent money to a guy and the guy says oh as a guarantee that i'll pay you you back twenty dollars i'll give you my 10 boxes of cheerios as a collateral after pesach is going to the B'ana and the gemara bezashem on the bottom of this daf and getting into tomorrow's daf will will uh, get into a fascinating discussion as to what exactly are the circumstances surrounding this halacha.